Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the show. Before we get into the main content, if you are enjoying what I'm producing on the podcast each week, there is now a dedicated page on the podcast website, which highlights ways in which you can support the show. So if you head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash support, there are three alternatives on there for ways in which you can support the show. So briefly to summarize what they are. Firstly, I have now set up a buy me a coffee page with a link on that page to uh, allow you to buy me a coffee effectively. And what that means is it's been created as a way of saying thank you to content creators such as myself without the need to subscribe on a a monthly basis to something like Patreon or, or other membership type support agreements. So if you found any value from the show at all and want to show some thanks for that, then there's one way of doing that. The next way is through sharing and the podcast has grown purely through word of mouth. And that I think is a a great way for the show to continue to grow and more people to start listening. So if you're enjoying the show and you know others that might be in a position to enjoy it as well, please do share it with them, send it on, send the links on, etc. Share it on social media uh, if you can uh, and tag people on there to show that there's some, some good content coming out. And lastly, a review on iTunes. And again, there's a link on that page to take you to the page to leave a review. And iTunes works like a search engine. So the more people who are providing five-star ratings, hopefully, on the podcast, the easier it becomes for others to find as well. So if you are enjoying what I'm creating and you want to show some support, there's a dedicated page now just to remind you that's fanbizpodcast.com forward slash support right i'll now get on with the show i hope you're all doing well out there it's just me today and i'm going to be talking to you about something i refer to as a lifeboat drill and explaining what that would involve for you and your family business and why i think it might be a valuable exercise So what do I mean by a lifeboat drill? Well, if you think of what a lifeboat drill is, it's where there is a practice run of what to do in a disaster scenario. And the idea behind it being that if anything goes wrong during the practice drill, that there is no real negative implications to it and lessons can be learned and things can be put in place in order to avoid bad things happening 
as and when the lifeboats are actually needed. So to place that into a family business context, the lifeboat drills I talk about are what were to happen if, and then you fill in lots of different blanks after that for various different scenarios to understand what it is that would happen within your own family business. So if we take the example of, I don't know, the main shareholder passing away unexpectedly. So what would happen to those shares? Is that what you expect to happen? Is that what you want to happen? If not, then now's the time to do something about it rather than having to wait until you find out that that's going to be the case uh, when the worst happens on, on that particular scenario. In addition, who would take on their role within the business? Assuming they still have a role in the business, who would take that on? What gaps exist at the moment in between that? And what are the best ways of going about filling that gap? From a personal perspective, as an individual, you might want to consider what would happen in that scenario to you and your key stakeholders in the business, but also look at it through the lens. Are there mechanisms in place to make sure that those individuals' assets pass to who they want them to pass to? Sometimes what can happen when businesses are initially set up is that there isn't felt the need to necessarily look at what would happen in some of those disaster scenarios. So if we take death as an example, it could be that spouses are looking to set up a business and they have a simple mechanism that has the shares passing to the surviving spouse on death. And as the business evolves and grows and adapts over time, that might not actually be what is anticipated. But because you're busy running a business, because you're busy building your dream and, and your vision, what can often happen is the detail around what would happen in these scenarios often gets lost and doesn't really appear again until disaster strikes. So operating a lifeboat drill for various different scenarios helps you to then tackle the elements of the outcome that you don't really want to happen. Another example of that is on divorce. So if shares are owned between those in the family and then there's a divorce that happens, the uh, shares in the business can form part of the settlement for the divorce proceedings. Now, there is an episode coming up in a couple of weeks time where we talk in far more detail with a divorce lawyer about this and what can be done in the event of um, people looking to get married in the form of prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, living together agreements, all that kind of stuff. So um, if you are concerned on the divorce side of things, then in a few weeks time, there will be an episode dedicated solely to that. But it might be interesting to look at what would happen in the event of a divorce. Do the shares in the business remain within the family? Is there gonna be a need to sell? so that you can, again, make provisions and make plans to avoid any unwanted scenarios. Doesn't have to be all doom and gloom with the lifeboat drill either. It can be for events such as births and marriages. So what would happen in the event of the birth of a child, for example? Is that going to change what you want to happen to certain assets within either your um, personal estate or uh, indeed the shares in the family business. It might be that you want that to pass to uh, a trust for your children in the event of your death or for your grandchildren in the event of your death, rather than it passing to a surviving spouse, for example. 
it may also be an opportunity to look at what mechanisms do we have for whether we decide if the family business is somewhere where the next generation can either work or own. Um, having something like a, a lifeboat draw that says, well, what would happen if one sibling, one child wanted to join the business and one didn't, one wanted ownership, one didn't, how do we deal with those sorts of things? Just starting those conversations at a time when it isn't an issue gives you more time to focus on creating a solution that you're all really happy with. One of the other scenarios that you might want to look at, and I'm afraid this is back on the, the kind of doom and gloom scale, is the loss of mental capacity. Now that again could be for either a key employee, a key stakeholder. It could be the matriarch or patriarch of the family who own and control a lot of the decisions that happen within the family business. What would be the implications of them losing their mental capacity? Now there are instruments and tools called lasting powers of attorney that you should be speaking to your solicitors about because they can allow people whilst they have full mental capacity to appoint somebody that they trust to act in their best interests if their uh, mental capacity starts to diminish and therefore it means that decisions around ownership around certain other aspects that uh, to do with their um, health and welfare and, and financial position can be taken care of without the need to have a court-appointed attorney. And if you imagine that there is a key decision-maker within the business and they lose that ability to make those key decisions, if nobody has been um, appointed as either an attorney if nobody else is a signatory, for example, and that person is unable to, to sign um, documents, what sort of implications does that have on your business? Now, a lot of this actually plays into and, and links quite nicely to what we would typically call succession planning, but actually is just another version of continuity planning. Um, as you may have heard me refer to it historically, continuity planning has a much uh, better tone to it than succession planning. Succession feels very final. It's like a day in the calendar that's ringed that says on this day, um, I give up my role and somebody else steps into the um, managing director's chair. And it's actually my uh, colleague and good friend, Mary Mickle, who mentioned that the term continuity planning is a far better way of positioning it. And, and I have to agree. And unfortunately, the vast majority of the language is around succession planning because that's what it's called. That's what we're used to calling it. But actually what we're talking about is business continuity. And the lifeboat drill is just an extension of that form of continuity planning. What were to happen if this was the case? And then it could highlight to somebody in the senior generation that actually if the worst were to happen, there's going to need to be a lot of change because ownership might change hands, leadership might change hands, and management might change hands. And at the moment, I have no plan and no control over what happens if that becomes the case. Now, the appeal of doing it again whilst things are um, going okay is that you have the time and the inclination to be able to do something about it. So you can say, I've looked at what happens in a scenario that I get hit by a bus. And if that were to happen, the shares don't go to who I would expect them to go to. 
the business is left in a mess because it's rudderless without a leader and there's an awful lot of um, knowledge and wherewithal in, in my mind that is nowhere else within the business so that is a threat to the long-term um, safety and health healthiness of the business itself so by then having a continuity plan that says if the worst were to happen this is what i want to be put in place you can extend that into the discussions around succession or continuity planning and the transition of ownership the transition of management and of leadership within your business and you're doing it at a time where you're not having to be pressured by events you're not having to be pressured by the fact that either somebody's lost capacity or sadly somebody's passed away it's being dealt with on your terms but those changes will happen at some point in the future and when they do it's in my view it's far better to have control over what happens than it is for it to be out of your control and in the hands of the legal system in whatever jurisdiction it is you're listening to this in so as an extension of this lifeboat drill you might also want to use it as a prompt to say well okay this has highlighted that we need to focus more on our continuity as a business from an ownership perspective from a leadership perspective and from a management perspective the other thing that you might want to look at with any lifeboat drill as well is what would happen in the next crisis so i don't think many if anybody saw the global pandemic coming and so it may be that systems and processes and family governance the way you kind of um, deal with things within the family wasn't really set up to cope with uh, the pandemic or had to adapt as a result of the pandemic and as we emerge out of this crisis it would be a shame to kind of lose the lessons that we would have learned throughout this time so what did we do really well as a family throughout this time period and what can we take into the future of the business for potentially future generations to learn from but also if something like this happens again if there's another um, global pandemic or another form of crisis what can we learn from how things have gone this time round? so a prime example of that is if for example everybody was sent home from the family business communication becomes harder what did we learn from that and how can we or how did we adapt our processes in order to be able to maintain that level of communication now that might be communication with your employees it might be communication amongst you as a family what worked well what didn't work well and what lessons can be learned to take forward as a business so it's recently been reported that amazon are one of the businesses that um, undertake this type of review so for key stakeholders for um, for each individual team i believe they operate a um, hit by a bus type scenario where they look at the implications of this so this isn't just something where perhaps smaller businesses where there's less in the way of formality where there's less um, structure uh, as to, to the far larger businesses that that could benefit from this uh, all businesses small or large can benefit by looking at what would happen in these scenarios and it allows you to take back control of that planning so that it doesn't have as huge an impact as it possibly could if um, there isn't any planning in place for that so in summary a lifeboat drill is your opportunity to look at what would happen in certain scenarios 
whether that matches your expectations or what you want to happen. And if not, it gives you the opportunity to do something about it. Now, I've covered a few scenarios today, but there's bound to be others that you will think of as a family that are nuanced to your own circumstances and your own family dynamics. But I would recommend just starting to look at that. Perhaps if you have a family meeting come up or you have a board meeting coming up, something like that, where you can say, let's just have a look at this stuff to see what would happen so that we can avoid any unwanted consequences further down the line. If you do need any help with that, please do get in touch. I would love to hear from you. And um, I hope that's been useful. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you found the show helpful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter. If what I've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business, I can help. I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.